Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 42. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. How's it going? It's been a busy week, but it's good. Alex, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. It's uh, been unseasonably warm here in Ohio for December. Yeah, yesterday it was actually warmer in Ohio than it was in Florida. (laughs) That doesn't happen often. Yeah. But I am looking forward to getting some snow. I think it's going to cool down soon. Hopefully we'll get some snow this winter. I'm sure it'll hit us. So real quick, uh, start off with some follow-up here. We are making good progress on our Heifer International fundraiser, a.k.a. the, the Buy, Ca- Buy Sam a Cal Fund. Uh, thanks to everybody who's contributed. And this will be probably your last chance to contribute before Christmas, or the last time we'll be mentioning it, because we're going to be taking a Christmas break. Uh, Argo, I think you had some follow-up about a website that you owned. Ah, uh, yes, our 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 national nightmare is now over. There is <laughs> a way to enter your passwords on your Apple TV uh, with your phone instead of having to use that horrible on-screen keyboard. Um, but I wouldn't say that they've actually like fully solved the software version of the remote like. Uh, we all thought they would because it's still just kind of like the old remote app works now on the new Apple TV. You can go and log in for your home sharing for a remote and then you have kind of the old style navigation, which is, is not as not as good as like a, a replacement for the Siri remote for when everyone uh, like drops it and the front glass shatters or whatever is happening to people. And you don't want to pay another 80 bucks. They said that's coming sometime in the next six months or so. And it seems weird to me that it's going to take six more months to get that working. But I guess it is what it is. But it's coming. So <laughs> we're almost there. That's just a bit non-committal. Yeah. Six months, three months, two months, whatever. It'll come out. I heard somewhere that the issue is there. there's like a latency problem with some hardware-software combination I was I was just thinking if you can't get it solved now, I don't know what's going to happen in six months. It's going to get that resolved unless it's like a horribly inefficient like Bluetooth stack or something. I don't know. Well, did you see that rumor about a newer, faster Apple TV being manufactured in the spring? Yeah, it seems like they're they're iterating on the Apple TV, so there's definitely stuff coming. Yeah, it's definitely good news. Maybe it'll be a 4K one, and I can hold off on buying that since I don't have a 4K TV. Yeah, I did finally buy an additional Apple TV. This, or Actually, I had one just sitting in the box. I had not opened it yet because uh, I was waiting to enter passwords. So I, I was not sitting around uh, taking forever to do passwords. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that there are going to, that there are a lot of them sitting around in boxes right now, but not for the password issue, more for a Christmas issue. 
Yeah, I th well, I think the Apple TV is going to be a big holiday gift item. We have That's a we have a there's a podcast listener who got one at his uh, company Christmas party. I saw. Did you guys oh, see yeah. that? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the worst gift for him. Yeah, considering he's mostly an Android developer. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, better that than a Nexus player, right? Yeah, maybe I'll have to bug him and see if he wants to get get rid of it. <laughs> you <could> trade him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool though for a company to give out something like that. Yeah, it's a cool gift. Yeah, especially the size of that company. All right, uh, another quick follow up, and this is a little bit late in coming, but PragmaConf, which is a iOS and macOS conference in Italy, they released videos of their uh, talks. Looked like a pretty good list when I went through it. Uh, it's been a while now, so I don't remember everything that was on there that stood out, but that's uh, pragmaconference.com. It's very pretty good stuff. Yeah, and we'll include a link in the show notes for the videos. Fastlane keeps iterating on their tool set. They now release a new new tool called Match for managing code signing. So it has a, a new process for dealing with your all your code signing and trying to simplify things for you. Uh, I haven't tried it out myself yet, but if you struggle with the code signing steps, you might want to check it out. Is this... Does this do what the YOLO button Xcode plugin does? No, that's actually Fastlane uh, created that button too, or the button is under their uh, maintenance. Um, but this new thing essentially like keeps all of your keys and distributions in sync with Git, and it basically encrypts them in your Git repository. I'm kind of weary of putting my passwords in the in a git repository but there's there's like a password you have to type in i think is how it works hmm yeah so it would be a, a reversible hash well not even a hash so because it has to be able to pull out that password right so yeah i'm not sure as long as you're not putting it up on github i definitely uh, yeah I public definitely repo see I mean, it's definitely a problem that, that teams have. Uh, I don't think I've ever been on a team that hasn't had issues with conflicting code signing and everything. I don't know. All that stuff. So yeah, It's, it's dif difficult sharing profiles, keeping everybody up to sync. And then in terms of sharing code signing keys, you know, I think a lot of companies probably email it or put it on a share drive or... Um, posted on slack or who knows what but um yeah definitely is a good idea to have a good secure process for managing that i can't speak to whether or not match is better or worse than processes that people have in place today but um, fastlane's been adding a ton of tools to help developers manage uh, their build process so definitely worth checking out and seeing if it fits your needs. Yeah, they've really been iterating quickly. It's such a rapid pace. It's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's all uh, Ruby-based. So now that Swift is open source and uh, we've got some package management tools there and uh, 
other things. Uh, kind of wonder if we'll see a larger community effort to automating things around Xcode using Swift. I wonder if there will be a, just a port all this stuff to Swift issue on in the Fastlane project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that would be a lot to take on, I think. I yeah. just, uh, the main contributor there has done a ton of work. Be hard to replicate all that in any language. And Swift still has a ways to go before it's a full-featured command line tool. I, I think we'll see a lot of new things coming down the path with uh, with Swift and command line utilities and scripting in general. So I think it'll be a good time next year for yeah. those that like to automate things. <laughs> Although it might be a good thing to wait for a Swift 3.0 before they start writing rewriting Fastlane. <laughs> yep. So speaking of Swift, number one on GitHub, huh? Yeah, in terms of number of stars, Swift has climbed the charts and is has the most stars of any language on GitHub hosted on GitHub. Uh so does that like roll out JavaScript and other things? Yeah, just... so, so Swift has over 23,000 stars, uh, beating out Rust, Go, CoffeeScript, and Ruby. It's got more than twice the number of stars as Ruby. Looks like PHP. There's lots of languages on here. Scala. PHP is not a language. <laughs> Let's just get that out. It's harsh. It might not be a language, but it's probably the most widely used web thing uh, tool out there. <laughs> well, it's on the programming language, so you better uh, send GitHub yeah. an email, Sam. I'll send a pull request. <laughs> Kotlin's out there. Yeah, I mean, they got there's lots of languages out there, and Swift is way up at the top. So, what's really kind of interesting. It, as kind of a side note is the language for the repo is marked as C++ for Swift, where Rust is Rust, Go is Go. Uh, so it's kind of odd that Swift's language is is noted as C++. It's well, I mean, not it, that it odd. Is, the I mean, compiler and everything. I mean, aspects of it, yeah, but... It's it really like... a combination of C++ and Python. There's some command line utilities that in Python that they use as well. But yeah. Swift is not written in Swift. It's not self-hosted. I, I know uh, Chris Latner had talked about wanting it to be at some point, but they I think they just had to make some sacrifices, and that was one of the things that they sacrificed. I don't know if, if Rust and, and Go and Ruby are all implemented in Ruby. I don't think they all are. Ruby is not. Yeah, it's listed as Ruby on here, so. Yeah. Uh, but I believe that Go is self-hosted. That's relatively recent. And Rust, uh, I believe, as well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's usually one of those marks for how a language has matured, if it can, if you can write the compiler for it in that language itself. And not always the case, but it's always kind of one of it's a, it's a popular rite of passage. It's still uh, number fourteen on the TOB index, though. 
we'll have to work on that. So how do we work on that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, just as a community, just cut cut. Yeah, that I out. think it's Swift's makes its way into other platforms and other types of solutions other than just uh, iOS and macOS apps. We'll see an increase there if it does indeed take off. I think technically if we wanted to artificially inflate it, you just go to Google and type Swift programming or Swift language or something like that <laughs> a bunch of times because that's what it's based on. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a Swift bot that does that. Yeah. So it looks like Swift is gaining popularity on Linux if people if people are actually creating IDEs for it now. Yeah, it's kind of an IDE. Uh, there's I, I just found out about this from someone tweeted a Medium post, which I guess is how you get the word out on things these days. Uh, but they basically uh, got Swift support built into uh, Atom, the web-based uh, web technologies based text editor that's out there from GitHub. Uh, looks like you can just do a, I think it's like an APN install or something like that uh, to to add Swift support. It has Swift debugging and some highlighting. It doesn't have I don't think any of your factoring or anything like that. But it looks like it was pretty straightforward for for this guy just to uh, go ahead and add Swift support to create a or hack Adam to get a Swift IDE that'll run on Linux and Mac. Hmm. Um, so yes, as much as I hate to say it, because I really don't like the idea of a text editor written in JavaScript and taking up a hundred megabytes. <laughs> Adam oh, definitely hundred megabytes is low for what it probably actually takes. Well, that's if you have one file open. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, uh, the whole idea of like here I have Chrome and mm-hmm. JavaScript and now I'm gonna write a text editor. I, mean, I use Sublime Text, which is written in Python, which is arguably not much of an improvement, but you could probably even argue that it's worse. <laughs> oh, no, Python's alright. And it's using Sublime Text is using uh like native toolkit stuff, so it's not a web browser masquerading as an IDE. But there are so many companies that have spent like so many engineering resources on making JavaScript like run fast and Python is just another interpreted language that just uh, takes forever to to do anything. It's not a fast language. Yeah, to some degree, but in this case most of your stuff is happening in native code anyway. For the most part. In Python, it's passable. Yeah, it's not going to win any benchmarks against something like TextMate or something. But yeah, I, I guess it is more more stuff is just like let's throw some text in a DOM, and yeah, it's kind of weird that way. Yeah. So, but but it lets people write Swift on Linux with an IDE. They can debug and all that good stuff. So I think there's something to be said for that, and. I mean, this is not the first person to do this. I mean, Microsoft's IDEs are all like that for .NET, too. Their visual code, isn't is that based on Atom as well? Yeah, yeah, they did actually build that on top of Atom. Is it built on Atom or is it built on something like Atom? I couldn't remember which. 
I think it actually was built on Atom. Yeah, I think if you Visual dig Studio in, dig down into it, it's Atom. I, th I think there was some question of of whether or not it was directly Atom or some combination of things, but I believe Atom shows up somewhere in that stack. Looks is Electron the name for this thing now? The that yeah. seems like Atom the is like platform. the the editor and electrons the platform okay so there's like i just see even on there on the visual studio code github page some references to electron default error mode so looks like it they're not trying to hide that it was or anything like <laughs> that i yeah. think they've openly said it is but yeah so if you want to write a language that's that's a way to get an ide out there quick and dirty right right <laughs> I'm sure for most machines, as long as you're not running full on Chrome along with it, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw app code or some flavor of app code running on Linux and other platforms in the future. App code? Oh, yeah. I mean, Cause as Java. the editor goes, I don't think it has any tie to the Mac OS other than its dependency on Xcode and Interface Builder. So right. you're not necessarily going to have a full, be able to port all of app code over uh, because Xcode's not going to be available. But you could, JetBrains certainly could have a Swift IDE in the future for other platforms. Yeah, it would just be a matter of taking the the syntax highlighting engine and and whatnot. And the build tools and moving that over shouldn't be that bad. Yeah, they've the got lots of practice doing that. Yeah, yeah. The thing I the thing I'm actually looking forward to with Swift being out in the open is that app code has a better chance of actually tracking alongside of it rather than always being six months late to the party, or at least three months anyway. Yeah, and I I think uh, there was an interview recently with Craig Fregoridi on kind of Apple's new mentality to developing Swift and then it was going to be all out in the open on GitHub and people don't have to wait until June every year to see what's new and, and learn it all at once. They can learn it as it's being developed and have insight into it. So it's nice to see that change in culture and new level of openness from Apple, especially in regards to Swift. And I think you're right. I think tool vendors like JetBrains are going to benefit from that as much as we are. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Swift Evolution project right now, and it looks like uh, the number of, number of proposals has doubled since our last podcast. Looks like the uh, C-style for loops being removed is still, still under review. <laughs> or at least it says it is, although it says December 7th through December 10th. So we'll see what happens with that. There's all kinds of other new stuff too. So go check out the Swift Evolution project on GitHub if you want to see what what's could be coming or not be coming in Swift. And there's also a number of pull requests too that give you some additional insights to some of the, the changes people want to see. I think there's far more pull requests than there are proposals at the moment. My favorite was the one to change the license to GPL v3. <laughs> good one i take that back there's only seven open pull requests at this point 51 closed so it looks yeah. like they've been through 
a lot more that have either been rejected or or merged in. Some are proposals. A lot of them are proposals, if not all of them. Yeah, some of them are typos and stuff. Swift continues to be to have like the majority of its pull requests fixing like documentation comment typos, <laughs> which is it's always fun. It's not a bad thing though. It definitely improves the the documentation for everybody. But a lot of people get started doing that with you yeah. know, just fixing a typo here and there. I think I also read that the Swift programming language guide was also. Uh, added as Creative Commons, so people can contribute updates to that as well. Maybe not as straightforward as you can with a GitHub repo, but um, it does sound like even that, even the documentation side of it is is going an open path. It's definitely a change from the old days. Yeah, speaking of changes from the old old days, uh, people will probably not be paying like hundreds of dollars for SSL certificates that much anymore. Because uh, Let's Encrypt is a, is a pretty interesting thing that's come about recently, and it's in an open beta now. Is it, can anyone explain what Let's Encrypt does? It's encryption. It can't be really explained very well. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think with iOS 9, we saw this big push for everything to be, you know, with that Apple transport security requirements, uh, everything really should be encrypted, all the communication back to the server. So Let's Encrypt is a free and easy way of encrypting that communication. And it's not strictly intended for just iOS apps, but definitely will help uh, smaller shops who can't afford to you know, go to the VeriSign and pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for certs and manage them that way. Um, and some of those uh, certificate authorities out there also can make it difficult to uh, renew your certs. So I remember when, uh, you know, there were past issues, some of the certificate authorities, when uh, there was a vulnerability, you had to you didn't get to renew that renew it for free you had to pay to upgrade your cert hmm. uh, with some folks um to some degree it's like uh, you get what you pay for but this is going to be free and uh, looks promising well it looks like it makes it really easy to to do too like there's just a command line tool you can use to generate a cert you don't have to go through like a 10 page form online to to get all that stuff filled in uh and I, I think like since it's free a lot of uh companies or like hosting companies are thinking about even making ssl the default not even messing with http i saw dreamhost which is a crappy hosting provider but uh it's a lots very of people run one. stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> i run stuff on it uh but they, they were saying, yeah, we'll, we'll leave the the certs out there that you can pay for if you want to, but you should probably just uh, use Let's Encrypt. And I, they were saying they're working on getting it integrated into their, their panel. So you just 
either check a box or don't uncheck a box and you get SSL for free. Uh, and there's like, I think the command line tool can like automatically detect your, uh, your HTTP server. So if you've got like Nginx or Apache or something running, it'll automatically like configure all that stuff and throw the cert where it needs to go and all that stuff. So they want to make it easy for everyone. So the group behind this is the Internet Security Research Group, uh, which seems to have the goal of kind of making everybody a little bit safer, which is becoming harder and harder to do these days. So the least you can do is make sure everything is over SSL. Yeah, and preferably using SSL pinning. Yeah. Now there's not really much excuse for not getting an SSL cert. So check it out. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Another uh, framework that makes it easy to use SSL pinning is AF Networking. And they just released a 3.0 version of that. And the only thing I've read about it is that it drops the old URL connection stuff. I haven't read anything else about it. Have you guys got some things? Well, that's a that's a pretty big thing. It's probably a lot of code to drop all that stuff. Although I guess they already added support for the session NSL URL session a while ago, so yeah, they've just been getting rid of it. Yeah, there's, there's a <laughs> URL session was new in the two o stuff. Yeah, they adopted the that new scheme pretty early on, and. Uh, you know, I, I think there probably wasn't a whole lot of expectation for AF networking to continue to evolve with Alamo Fire on Swift, but um, looks like they are still putting a lot of time and effort into it. This update does include support for TVOS as and Carthage, and they, you know, we've mentioned Fastlane earlier on the podcast. They moved it over to Fastlane for their CI and deployment and added support for Objective-C lightweight generics, among other things. Yeah, it seems like they've updated all the the new Objective-C language-y type things. So they're added support for the IPvC, eh, for IPv6 uh, and their reachability code, uh, which is you probably need to do if you are using old reachability code that, that doesn't, because there's networks that will not have IPv4 or... I think like some cell phone carriers are switching next year, so that's a no, that's, kind of important thing to have. That'd be huge. We had to change a bunch of code in our app to uh, support IPv6 as well, but that's shipped and there's no bugs as far as I can tell. So I'm happy <laughs> about that. But but yeah, it's. I think Apple even said that as part of their all the app transport security stuff, all their networking stuff, they're going to start rejecting apps next year that don't support IPv6. So that'll be part of app review as well. So you don't have a choice to, no. <laughs> to support it. Well, and we've run out in North America of all of the IP4, V4 mm-hmm. addresses. I wonder, you know, you've RESTKit is a framework out there that's was fairly popular for a while, but has lost a lot of momentum. It's still being maintained, but I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of apps out there that build on that. 
it still relies on a, I think, AF networking 1.4. So I'll be curious to Ooh. see if uh, they do anything to make it compatible. They haven't yeah, done anything for two. Things die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were using a Coco Async socket, uh, which was a Mac and iOS uh, socket library, and it did not support the IPv6 stuff. So we had to essentially rewrite it for our own. So we've dropped support for that library at this point. So yeah, there may be maybe more stuff like that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I have to imagine there's some security patches that haven't made it into AF networking uh, in a 1x branch, but maybe not. Maybe they've done a good job of, of patching old versions as well. I don't think that the 1x, or at least early 1x ones, support SSL pinning. I think that was a, I'm not sure when, but that definitely wasn't a 1.0 feature. Are you guys doing SSL pinning in your apps? I'm not in mine. I am not. <laughs> but it, need the feature but i don't do it <laughs> yeah gotta have it so it's gotta be a checkbox thing yeah if you have really sensitive data you probably want to do ssl pinning to make sure there's not a man in the middle right but yeah for it, security is all about protecting data to a level where it would be too hard to get any value out of taking that data so if it's going to cost you, say, $1,000 in effort to steal something that's only worth a dollar, nobody's going to do it. And SSL pinning is the same way. If you're a banking app, yeah, you want that. If you're just, uh, you know, like Card a... Card game app? Are you <laughs> right. on me again, Sam? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Cheating at cards, probably not worth it. Although people do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. Just not not by doing the, the man-in-the-middle attack. <laughs> right. My recent most favorite one, since since you brought it up, Sam, was uh, someone had a username, and then they also had a another username that was called uh, Cheating Partner or something like that was their username. So <laughs> they would be in there with, with their user Cheating Partner and would... <laughs> have knowledge of what both hands were and play both hands so that's always fun yeah that guy's gonna come up with his next partner named ashley madison <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't think uh, ssl pinning would, pinning would have helped me in that situation <laughs> no <laughs> that's more of a social engineering issue yeah but so xcode or um, not xcode but af networking 3.0 does require xcode 7 which for most people, is not a problem. Still working on that at work. Looks like they actually dropped Xcode 6 support with 2.6. So I guess is their last 2.x version. But that's because they added watchOS 2 support in that one. But yeah, you got to get on the latest Xcode. Yeah. Maybe you need a new work, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I've been working on another project at work where I've been able to use Xcode 7, and it's in Swift. And the more I do it, the more I love it. It's... Swift or Xcode 7? Swift. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely has its warts and shortcomings, but 
there's a lot of stuff in it that I'm enjoying. Yes, I've yet to start a large project in Swift. I've done little things here and there, but I don't have have any good large projects upcoming. So yeah, I'm jealous of all you Swifties. <laughs> I think after you've been doing it for a few weeks straight, you start getting used to it, and you you get past that learning curve, and you start to see the the benefits of it, and it starts feeling more natural. But it takes a few weeks before it feels natural. Alright, so I think that's about all the time we have left for this week. Why don't you uh, guys tell us where you can be found on the internet. You can find me at AJ Robinson. And I'm at Sam Corder. I'm at Alex Argo on Twitter. Uh, and you can find the podcast at Shared Inst. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, uh, Shared Instance podcast at gmail.com um and just as a reminder uh this is this will be it for the year so we'll uh we'll be talking to you guys again in january uh have have happy holidays uh buy us a cow um and app of the week you guys any of you guys that are going to be working on your apps over the week over the break if you're taking some vacation time off and you get an app shipped, let us know. We'll be glad to talk about it on the podcast. Yep, Mary Swiftmas. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> <laughs>